Welcome back to the Will You Be My Friend podcast. It has been three long months since I've posted any episodes. And all I can really say for myself is that one day of not posting turned into three months of not posting. And while that is horrendous, I have a lot of episodes to post that are pre-recorded that I'm really excited about. And this one is no exception. This is a conversation with my friend Chris Hughes. We used to ride our bikes around together as kids, and he ended up becoming a professional BMX rider, as well as a stuntman, and an incredible musician, in a lot of different genres. Uh, so yeah, we had a great time catching up. Here's Chris Hughes. Chris Hughes. What's up? What's up, my dude? What's going on, brother? It's been, it's been years and years, and it's good to see you again many years yeah man so for the for the uninitiated please tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do my name is Chris Hughes and as far as I know uh-huh. and uh, tight I'm a jack of all trades yeah man <laughs> master of a few Not oh, all. definitely but um, yeah I rode I rode BMX professionally for about 13 years. I, um, I'm a stuntman. I am the singer of a metal band. Hell I'm yeah. a rapper. I'm a singer-songwriter. Mm-hmm. And a DIY construction man. <laughs> oh, I, was, oh. I wasn't aware of the construction. And I do photography and videography. Fuck so I do, yeah. I do a lot of things. You really do. And you excel at a lot of things as well. I think I excel at um, BMX. I excel at singing in the metal band. Yeah. Um, Still learning rap music. Um, Still learning how to play guitar better because I'm not 100% consistent. But, like, I've learned a lot in this quarantine, honestly. Every day I'm just like, okay, which chords should I learn today? You know, obviously oh, yeah. all the all the basic chords, and then now I'm learning all the sevenths and all that shit. Yeah, all the jazzy stuff. Doing my my uh, playing Twister with my fingers, you know. <laughs> yeah, man. There's like some pretty uncomfortable positions that you can find on the guitar. Like most people, like I'm I'm sure you have your bar chords down, but like most of my students, they just they really struggle with all that stuff. Yeah, it like there's a breaking point, you know. Mm. I don't know. The thing that really clicked for me was, um, well, I mean, ne- not necessarily on the fingers, but mm-hmm. the thing that like clicked for me was realizing that there was a whole plethora of things that I could do just by barring the um, barring the fret. Like I realized, like, oh, my finger, like I don't, I don't know, this could be dumb and this basic knowledge, but mm-hmm. I realized I'm like, wait, my finger is doing what the capo does. Totally. So I can play any of the, the the regular basic open chords on the top anywhere on the guitar, and it's the same thing as using a capo. And then yeah. that was just like, <laughs> and I just I was just like, I'm gonna play everything everywhere. And then I just started doing that. That's dope, yeah. man. I bought this um, this six dollar thing off the internet. Um, I don't even know the website because it had some crazy name, and that, that's why you don't make your website a crazy name because it's hard to remember. But anyways, I got this thing, and it's it's literally like a Google Map kind of of the uh-huh. guitar. 
Um, so it has every single possible voicing of every single chord on this sheet of paper that's on your computer digitally. So like you can just zoom in on it and and look at it because like everything like you couldn't look at the whole thing at once because it's like so many. Yeah. So you have to like literally zoom in like a Google map or something, but hmm. like there's like everything that you need to know. So it's like, I'll transfer, you know, something I'm writing with the piano and then I'll be like, okay, I'm playing this. So let me find that on the guitar. See, I'm more of like a, a songwriter more so than a musician. I think like, I can oh sing. That's probably like the thing that I'm the best at, I guess. But hmm. as far as being an instrumentalist, I'm probably better at the guitar than I am at the piano because I can actually play an entire song. But I use the mm-hmm. piano like, every day to write. And then yeah. I have this beat machine that like I use a lot. And I, I cheat. It's a cheating machine. Nah, dude. I, in, I can type in whatever mode I want. Yeah. Be like, all right. I want Wait. Does the, does the beat machine like also do like a bass part and like chords? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, you can do anything with it, really. Oh, you cool. Can, um, you can play single notes. You can set the key. You can have it chromatic. You can set it to pretty much any key that you can think of. Like, I don't know. Like, you could go, like, A minor, um, like, Arabic scale or something. Yeah. It's all in there. You can, go, you can switch to the modes. So you can have, like, Dorian or Mixolydian or Phrygian cool. or whatever you want to mess with. So it's, like, cool for creativity because you can take yourself out of a box and then, you know, using music theory makes it pretty easy to write. So yeah, man, it's a little less confusing on, on there. I mean, I understand most of it for the most part, but I'll, I'll have to like, you know, check my, check my notes or my sources before I write something. If I'm just doing it on the fly with like a regular piano or guitar, I'll be like, okay, where is my mode on this that I'm trying to do right now? And then I'll see it and be okay. And then I'll write within those parameters. Yeah. That's dope, man. I mean, it sounds like you're getting pretty heavy into it. Like most people, most people never like fuck around with like Phrygian or any of that shit. So, well, I played in metal bands. <laughs> there you go. So, so everything was everything was pretty much like Phrygian, nice or Dorian or something. But mostly Phrygian. A lot, a lot of the songs from from the Black Hand was Phrygian. Cool. Tell me about like <clears throat> your songwriting process. Like, do you usually start with like a chord or an idea or a lyric? Um, it changes occasionally from day to day, but almost always I start with the hook, like the biggest part Mm -hmm. of the song. And then I work around that. Cool. So like, um, I'll either start with drums and then play something to it, or I'll start with like something on the guitar and then write drums to it and then retract the guitar to the drums so that it's like more in sync with each other. Yeah. And then a lot of the time, I'll write, you know, synth parts first or stuff like that. And then I just kind of like build it from, from there on. Nice, man. I kind of approach it differently depending on what I'm writing. So mm-hmm. like if it's like a rap song, then, you know, I approach that with like, you know, drum beat, melody, then the 808s. And then from there, I will, you know, structure it with a lot of builds, drops, you know high points and then beat drops, beat cuts, stuff like that. Totally. How much of the songwriting 
And I guess by songwriting, I'm at this point, I'm talking about everything like production and putting it all together is you coming up with all the parts. And then how much of, do you share that responsibility with your bandmates? Um, well, right now I don't have bandmates. Oh, okay. So me and um, my writing partner, we do everything. But when it comes to the metal band, he's doing a lot of stuff. So like, I'll be there or I'll be talking to him and say like, yo, let's do this. Um, and he'll be like, okay. And then we'll listen to stuff. And I'll be like, yo, do this melody and I'll just like verbalize it. And then he'll do that. Cool. But for the most part, like his production level, like I would say that my production level is intermediate to advanced and his cool. is like master to like, um, savant hell yeah he's next level when it comes to production like his production is crazy and he has like the craziest system um wow. he's running i forget what it's called but it's like the highest high quality processors like he's got like a computer that has like uh, i forget what it is it's like eight eight processors in it or something it's like cool. it's what they use to record the lincoln park album like he has yeah. the exact same console in, yeah. his, in his office or whatever. It's like, it's this crazy thing. And when I look at it, I'm, it's like I'm looking at a different language or something. I kind of <laughs> That's I'm, wild. Not, I'm not that deep into, into that side. Like, Same, man. Same. No, yeah, my setup is like I recorded my laptop. I got Logic going. That's, that's what's going on. How did you? Uh, I like yeah. Logic. That's what I use. He uses Ableton. Oh, cool. Yeah, Ableton's like super popular right now. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of really cool stuff. That's why. Yeah. Like, like workflow wise, like we can do everything on any of the DAWs pretty much. Totally. It's just the the workflow on on Ableton. It's like it's a lot easier and quicker to automate things. Yeah. Effects and stuff like that. So. Yeah. He prefers it. It's also a lot more expensive. Hmm. Ableton's like twelve hundred dollars. Oh really? Yeah. I didn't know it was he, that expensive. He, he can get it for us for free though. That's dope. So it's not too bad. But I'm, a, I'm like, I don't know if I want to learn a whole new computer language. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of heavy. Mm -hmm. But you know, like quarantine, it's like now, now might be the time. But yeah, like if if shits if shits going good on Logic, then there's no. Yeah, we're it. Cool. I'm, I'm super accustomed to it. So nice. How did I'm you get a lot to learn on there? Yeah. Hundred percent. How did? Sorry, man. I keep talking over you. It's okay. I keep talking. Over you. I was just thinking something else. Fuck. I keep responding and trying to ask questions. It's a funny. It's a funny thing about uh, like talking on the internet. There's a little bit of a delay, you know. The way that I make most of my money is like teaching. So I've been teaching lessons on the internet, and it's man, it's tough, man. Yeah. But tacos. You got to get that unemployment, bro. I don't think I qualify for unemployment because um, my teaching stuff is like self-employed. I've looked into it a bit, and from what I from what I understood, I didn't qualify for it. Are you on unemployment right now? Yeah, I'm on it right now. Cool. It's uh, it basically paid for this studio that I built. Fuck yeah! Congrats, yeah. man. Yeah, because I literally lost every job that I had lined up. I had like two months worth of work lined up. And yeah. you now I was set to make a really good amount of money. And 
this shit hit and I lost all of it. And I was like, man. And I found out about the unemployment. And I was going through all the jobs that I do and trying to think, like, which one of these can I qualify for? And it ended up being um, stunts. Cool, man. Was a lot of the work you were going to do stunt work? No, I didn't have any stunt work lined up. Those jobs are crazy. They just come out of nowhere. Like, be living my normal life. Most of the time, often enough, it happens when I need it the most. Like, wow. like other stuff isn't isn't happening, and I'm just like, I'm like, I'm running out of money, and then it's like, I get a random phone call. Are you available tomorrow? I'm like, damn. Well. <laughs> and then they're like, send us a picture, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck. So I run to the bathroom. I'm putting on all my tattoo cover up. No, I'm <laughs> a picture, but I like do it so fast. I'm just like, just all over me. Yeah. It's gotten a lot more time consuming over the years as I gained more tattoos. Yeah. But one time I did a job, um, this first show called Runaways. It's like a Marvel uh-huh. show. Uh-huh. And they ended up covering all my tattoos and then putting new tattoos. Whoa. So like every day that I went there, it was like two hours of makeup. Damn. So it took a while. Oh, fuck. That's it looked wild. weird. And I looked in the mirror. I was like, I don't have... I was like, I have a throat tattoo, but this isn't my throat tattoo. This shit looks weird. Damn. It was weird. There were some, like, crappy-looking tattoos, like, basic ones. Sure, sure. Like they always do in the movies, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basic bitch on the Marvel set. That's how it goes. <laughs> so tell me about stunt work. Like, do you enjoy it? Is it pretty fun? Yeah. It's, like, one of my favorite jobs to do because it's just, like, everybody there, for the most part, is is happy and in a good mood. Everyone respects everyone. Treated treated good. There's, there's no, like, there's no BS, you know? And that's cool, man. When it comes down to it, like I kind of I like that stuff because, like most, not saying that anybody else. I guess I guess people that are that are new to the stunt world might feel this more. And I can't speak for everybody, but like you know, there's a certain element of nervousness, even if you're doing something easy. Yeah. That like you have to deal with because it's like there's a lot of pressure every single time they do a take. It costs like. A ridiculous amount of money. Mm. Like so, every time they say action, that's costing a shitload of money, and then they say cut. So the more times that they have to do something related to a stunt, the more it's reflecting bad on you and mm. the guy you're working for. So you got to be able to like do what you have to do. And you have to be able to do it perfectly as many times as they want you to do it. So if you mess up, then it's like you know it starts adding more pressure. But from all the years of competing in BMX the pressure of doing these jobs is like so low in my mind compared to what it was riding BMX. Cause when I do these, like first off, I know for certain I'm going to get paid. Hell yeah. Even if I get hurt, I'm getting paid. Most of the time you're not going to get hurt. Every so often there's a stunt where it's just like, you're just paid to get hurt. Mm. And that's not the funnest days, but like serious injury or like, Walking um, away from it. The goal is not to get seriously injured, but I said no to a job once because what they wanted me to do, I just wasn't willing to do. I wasn't down for it. What was uh, it? They wanted me to ride on a dirt bike at like 20 miles an hour attached to a cable that was tied to a pole. So so like you just ride until it rips you off. And it was like to simulate um, getting clotheslined. Damn. So you literally just ride on this thing until you just get yanked. You're just waiting for it. Like, I'm like, 
Like that's gonna hurt no matter what. Like, and there's like no pad or anything. I don't know. Damn. I couldn't imagine being able to set up a proper pad like that. I have this um, this like it's like a safety pad kind of you wear on your back. It's called a gator back. Mm-hmm. It's under your shirt, and it's pretty good for like landing on your back and stuff. Damn. But, That's wild shit, man. Yeah. Do you have any like close call stories with any of the stunt stuff? Mm. Not that I can think of. It's good. I mean, some of the time, like one one job, the job that I did for Runaways, I was hired for a close call. Whoa. It was um, it was like riding your bike through traffic, and like a stunt driver has to like slide and just barely miss me. And then another stunt driver comes and, and slides and I barely missed them. So it was like, I had to almost get hit by a car like two times in one take, mm. which can be tricky when you're like trying to hide your face. So like, you got to time it right. Mm. You got to trust that the drivers are going to, you know, do a good job, which I did because they were you know, high quality stunt drivers. So like they, yeah. they were real good at what they did. It was just a matter of like, you know, keeping keeping my my face hidden from the camera, being in the right place at the right time, and you know, flipping off the camera. <laughs> are you are you on a motorcycle or were you on a? Bicycle? I was on a BMX bike. So what it was is is like there was this character that found these these like magic power gloves or whatever, uh. and like he was he had stolen them and he was like a bike mechanic. So he had all these bikes. So Mm -hmm. like the heroes are like chasing him and he's, he's like riding as fast as he can to get away from them. And he rides through the traffic. And then when he makes it through the traffic, you know, he just flips them off. Like, Mm -hmm. like nice try, but you're not getting me. Damn. So you're avoid, well, you're not, you're not actively thinking about avoiding the stunt drivers maybe, but you're, so when, when you say you're hiding your face from the camera, you're just like, having to ride this bike looking at the floor or yeah you kind of like have like a little tilt or something like depending on where the camera's at so like if the camera's filming from this way on that particular take i'll be riding kind of just tilt my head this way a little bit right when i get by the camera and like kind of just keep Mm. the motions moving so that it's harder to identify that it's not the actor sure that makes sense it's like you know same body type i had a wig Every, we looked pretty much the same. Just yeah. if, if they got like a clear shot of my face, then you know, it'd be cheesy because you clearly know it's not the guy. Yeah. So like my job is to just make sure that like, I'm just kind of aware of that. Yeah. That's wild, man. What kind of training went into becoming a stuntman? Aside uh, from your entire life of performing stunts. Cause I, yeah, I, I so look, every, every stuntman has like, you know, a specialty, hmm. like there's something that they, that they're like, that they excel at. Like, so some people it's, it's fights, which I'm pretty good at fights, but I haven't been hired to do any fights yet. Hmm. Um, I'm talented at high falls, but I haven't been hired to do any high falls yet. Like mostly I get hired to do something that involves a bike. I did do a car stunt once, but that was thrown into my lap while I was doing a job at the place with a bike the stunt guy was like you know how to drive and i'm like yeah <laughs> <laughs> I know how to drive. 
and it was a lot harder than than you think to do what you got to do like like my my thing was simple but like i just had to like stop at a certain point like hard but i had to like stop exactly at a certain point mm. so it was it's a lot harder than, than you think like damn like a piece of tape on the side of the door and i had to slide to a stop and that tape had to be matched up to like this traffic light pole mm. so it wasn't anything like dangerous or anything yeah it was difficult <clears throat> just like just gotta do it what kind of safety precautions do they take on set when you're like doing high falls or fights or any of that crazy shit? Um, all the safety precautions are like on yourself and mm. the, the stunt coordinators. So like mm. half the time, the people that are directing or filming, they know nothing of what you're capable of or what's possible. Like they're, they're just in a creative mindset. So they're, they're visualizing something. Like I've had someone ask me if I could do a flip off of if they if they built like you know a piece of dirt and it was like the runway was like two and a half feet. And I was like, no, it's not physically possible. Like like I need to be going faster. Like I cannot go fast enough to do it. Oh, okay. But they're like trying to get me to do it. Like. Like, there's certain things like that where like the director will come up with this idea, which on paper is a great idea, but the circumstance of, you know, the surrounding area and things that we're working with don't allow. Yeah. So like the stunt coordinator will come to me and be like, Oh, can you do this? And you know, if I can, then yeah, I'll do it. But if I can't, I don't like, no, I can't. And this is why. And if I give him a good reason, then he'll be like, okay. And then, We'll move on and think of something else. Mm. I hear you, man. Dude, so out of out of all the shit that you're involved with, BMX, stunts, music, construction, photography, all that shit, what if you had to choose just one to like music. really dive into, what would it be? Music. Hell yeah, man. Yeah, music. I can do music the longest. Mm. Just like physically you're talking or like emotionally yeah or? physically emotionally yeah. i can do it the longest like mm. bmx puts a toll on you in every single way mm. possible mentally physically um emotionally it's it's like it's always a war zone and a battle like we got a certain point like i got to a certain point where like my brain was starting to lose it because I was doing such high level dangerous stuff every single day. And it was getting to the point where like, because I hadn't gotten hurt, it was starting to mind fuck the shit out of me. Cause I was mm. like, when's it going to happen? Like it's going to happen. When's it going to happen? I just started like tripping out. Cause like you can't play with fire for forever and not get burned, you know? Mm. And eventually I did get burned, but it was a lot different than I thought. And it sucked sucked really bad damn i never broke a bone though Hmm. pretty crazy i'm like one of the only people i mean maybe maybe like toes or like little 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 fragments in my feet or something but like never like went to the doctor and gotten a cast or anything like that yeah man was the like the mental stuff was it affecting you like off the bike as well as on the bike like kind of like sleepless nights or anything like that i think like I don't know. I think adrenaline is like 
very similar to drugs. Like, mm. The more you do it, the more you need it, and the more it starts having negative effects on your daily life, or at least that's how it was for me. Like, yeah. Emotionally, like, I was just on fire, you know? Mm. It's, it's almost like you're repressing fear. You're constantly doing something that deep down your, your body and your mind doesn't want to do. So like you're having this, this constant war with yourself. It's like, you know, I want to do this. Your body's screaming no. You're, you're telling yourself, shut the fuck up. Like, like, like I've gotten good at turning that switch off where like my voice is saying, don't do this, don't do this. And it's like that feeling of like, and you're going for something and you really have no idea if it's going to work. And you know that if it doesn't work, something bad could really happen. And you just like turn it off. Like, I don't care. And you just do it. Like I remember one contest, one of the last do tours that I did, I remember they were about to call my name and then they called my name and I was sitting on the deck and I was going to do a, it was like a backflip drop in off of a 10 foot wall into a six foot quarter pipe. Fuck man. Ugh. And, and and I remember telling myself, like, because I was scared, and I was, like, telling myself, I don't give a fuck if you fucking die right now. You're fucking doing it. And it was, like, at that moment, I was, like, this isn't healthy. But <laughs> 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 then I just did it. And I did it. I landed. And as soon as I landed, it was, like, it was like mainlining adrenaline, just, like, Wah! and it just blows up. And just, like. Ah, you just feel this crazy like rush of just like I don't know, dude, like some superhuman energy going on. Damn. So like, at that point, when you when you conquer the scariest thing first, you feel invincible for like a while. It's almost like getting the the little star when you're playing Super Mario. Yeah. You know that song starts on a seventh chord. Have you played that song on the piano yet? Mm-mm. <laughs> so next time you sit down at the piano, you gotta check this out. So it's it's a D minor seven chord, da, 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 and then it switches down to a C major seven chord. The trick is it's all white keys. Oh, okay. Yeah, you'll love it because you're digging into seventh chords right now. Yeah. But yeah, when you sit down, you play that on the piano, like the instantly you're like, oh, that's the star song from Mario Bros. Yeah, that's crazy. So. You hit that crazy trick like right at the beginning of your run. Was the rest of your run like you just was it better because of the adrenaline or because I yeah I yeah feel like, yeah cool. once you get that adrenaline you get tapped into this like otherworldly place where nothing mm. exists anymore except for except for what you're doing. Your head's mm. like completely clear. Hell yeah! It's like um, it's like a crazy focus that just comes in. Like because I mean like it's base it's kind of like basic human instinct like once you go into that like mode i think it goes back to like some some like early man stage stuff where like you're getting attacked by some crazy beast like a bear or something and like your adrenaline just goes crazy because you're trying to survive so like it shuts everything down and just puts hyper focus on it. it's almost like your vision and your, your, your sight just gets locked in completely to what you're doing hmm. it's super focused and it's almost like for that short time you have like superhuman strength, like your body is capable of doing more because you just like forced yourself into that like fight or flight mode. Mm. It's just like crazy. 
I agree, man. It is funny how like we don't have to run from bears anymore. So like we pick up a bike or a skateboard to like try and tap into that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, man. But um, have have you felt that like adrenaline rush or that Uber like focus mode in like with music or anything else? Yeah, just differently. Mm. Like, what I liked about music is I could tap into that that hyper focused mode without putting my life at risk. Yeah. But like, I still crave that. Like from time to time, I'm like, man, I just I just really want to scare the shit out of myself. <laughs> like it's, it's just in there like it lies dormant it's like this inner beast that just lives inside that's just like like are you gonna feed me now you know <laughs> so like, it's pretty heavy like every now and again i did it like two weeks ago i built this this one foot tall dirt jump in my backyard and i was like i'm gonna flip it i'm gonna flip it and i'm like i don't know if i can flip something this small but i'm gonna do it and then like i remember sitting there my palms were sweating and like everything in my brain was saying no and i was like shut up and I flipped it. And it was like, as soon as I landed, I was like, yes! I was like screaming in my backyard, like, Fuck yeah. this is sick! Yeah. I'm in quarantine! <laughs> backflip! <laughs> That's like, dope, dude. It's just, like, it's just in there. It's just I just don't uh, do it as often as I used to, but once this is all over, um, one of my close friends lives down the street. I literally just moved to Marino Valley a couple couple months ago. I guess I guess it was mm-hmm. December, and um, I live next to another BMX friend. He's a BMX oh. champion. Fuck yeah, James Foster, and he has um he has like a skate park in his backyard, like big big jump and like two big quarter pipes. So cool. He's uh, turning that into like a a training ramp. So it has like a resi on it. It's called, and it's got like, like foam underneath. The, the landing so like it has a little bit of give like slam your head real hard you probably won't get knocked out or something <laughs> a little softer a little more yeah. good yeah so i'll be i'll be going ham once this is all over over there yeah throwing front flips and shit yeah fuck yeah it's wild man it's wild you you've you've always been that way i think i met you and you were like 14 15 or 15 yeah Something like that. Yeah, I remember the first time I saw you, you were doing this wall ride at this park on this wood chips. And I was just like, fucking, like, no one around here is trying shit like that. Like, you were just, you like, whatever there was to ride, you were trying to ride it as hard as possible. Yeah. And that, I think that's one of the things that, like, I really admire about you is that, like, whatever you're into, you're doing it as hard as possible. Like, if you're going to get a tattoo, you get all these fucking tattoos. If you're going to if you're gonna rewrite a song, you're going to rewrite it 72 times or, like, whatever else, you know. But um, I'm, I'm really curious to hear your perspective on that part of, like, who you are. Like, that part of you that just drives so hard. For something is is that something that you're just like born with is that something you learned i don't know i think i'm just stubborn yeah. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I'm like i don't know with music it's different because with music it's like it pisses me off when i can't get it out the right way <laughs> so i'm sitting there like like i know what i hear in my head and it doesn't sound like that so i'm like i'm not fucking leaving until it sounds like that yeah. And like I'll like like my manager was was angry with me, telling me like you have to take the day off, like you're done. And I'm like I'm not fucking done until I say I'm done. And I'm like sitting there losing my mind, so angry. I'm trying to do this shit. I'm like fuck this shit. 
I'm getting all like worked up. And, you know, sure enough, I took like 20 minute break and I went back in there. Yeah. And the verse that I came up with ended up being probably 99% of what, what it's going to be. I think yeah. at this point, the only thing that's going to change is just the correct balance on the delivery of emotion. Mm -hmm. So like all the words are there, the melodies there. It's just literally like how it's going to start and progress into the chorus. Cool. Which we pretty much have it. And then I wrote, um, I wrote the second verse a lot easier because all I had to do for the second verse was, you know, mimic the melody of verse a and then for the for the verse b on on the second verse flip mm. it to something else so like you know the first verse has has the melody for the first the first half of it and then the second half it kind of builds into something else and then has like like a kind of rappy type of exit where it like starts going really fast with words and then goes into like a scream and then mm. the second one starts on the same melody but right when it gets to that change flipped it on the listener and did something different. And then it goes into like a different type of rappy part into the last chorus. Mm. And then after that chorus, there's a breakdown, but you know, we're just, we're using like a, we're doing something different with this next, this next batch of songs. It's, it's literally like fusing, it's creating a marriage between trap and metal. Cool. But keeping it, melodic it's a little less heavy than it used to be like it's not as much streaming but that's because i'm trying to like i'm trying to reach like a bigger audience i want it to be more like um a lincoln park type of 30 seconds to mars type of totally. project but it's its own thing it's like nothing like those bands but it's it's its own thing yeah that instead caliber of, instead of pigeonholing because i'm doing all the like super heavy metal like screams and stuff because that only leaves you in a niche market, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of just progressing it and maturing it to a level where, you know, it could be a little bit more mainstream. It's dope, man. Yeah. That's super dope. Man, I just had a good question and, and uh, it evaded me. <clears throat> um, it's cool to hear about, like, the songwriting process and how you're thinking about it. I also like have been thinking more about writing music that's like a little bit more appealing. I did that like daily songwriting challenge last year and I got into a mode where I would write these songs that were like very artsy and very like melancholy yeah. and uh I love the shit but I after like after looking back on it all like I can kind of see that it's just it's a little bit difficult to listen to. It's not that it's like bad at all and I don't regret writing any of it, but it's not it's not the kind of music that you'd put on like while you're cooking or while you have your friends over or something. It's just kind of like it's You're not, writing music um, for musicians. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um so I've been the 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 music that I've been writing in the past couple months has, has been a little more poppy, I guess. And I and, and I don't mean pop in the sense of that like 
it sounds like Katy Perry or something. Like the sound of it is still the sound that I've been playing around with, but just the, like the actual music itself and the lyrics and the melody is like easier to listen to. Um, it's interesting, like that push and pull between like what I want to hear and what I feel like is in my soul and then like thinking about, well, what would someone else want to hear? And then at the end of the day, like not even knowing what other people would want to hear really, like it's always, it's always just like a shot in the dark with that kind of stuff. There's a science behind it. Yeah. Like we follow certain parameters cool. for that specifically. Um, it used to be everything that I wrote was specifically for, for me selfishly, not in a selfish way, but it was like only what I wanted and only what I was feeling and it was directly about me. And then I'm sure you feel like this a little bit or, or maybe have an understanding of this because you did a daily song songwriting thing for a year and you were posting them, right? Yeah, totally. So like, during that time, and still to this day, there's almost no day that goes by that I don't write at least one complete song. Cool. But like every song that I write in a day, I'm like, you know, this is mostly just just a throwaway. It's just like another, just another thing. It's like it's like practice almost. Like when 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 I'm really like trying to write a song, then it's like okay, like I really dive in with a fine tooth comb, and I'm like, is this a is this a good verse? Is this a great verse? Or is this a verse that could be, you know, push, push past the, the time, you know, right. like we're like, it could be timeless or like, so like when I write a song and I just spit it out and then I'm like, okay, this is done. And it took me three hours to do. I know for certain that there might be some good parts in there, but like, I know like every section is not the best set that it could possibly be. So, it's different to me, but when I write music now, when I'm trying to write with the listener in mind, there's really some, some key basic things that, that I think the listener, through research, is wanting. And it, it's not even something that they know that they want. It's just subconscious. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. it's specific, like, ways of doing things. So, so, like, it's not always how I wanted to do it anymore. It's more like, is this going to be appealing to the listener? It's like, I feel like it has to have, it's got to have a bounce. The drum beat has to be good. Um, each melody has to be like a micro hook within itself throughout the mm -hmm. verses. And then the hook has to be super hooked. And then it's got to, it's got to have like the right flow of emotion. It's got to build. And then the thing is like, you know, I think it's a lot easier to write a sad song than it is to write a happy song. Mm. Like, I think it's really hard to write a happy song because you're tiptoeing on a tightrope where one side is, is cheesy and the other side is just like, I don't know, just, just like cliche or, or like just not real or genuine. It's like hard totally. for me to, to write a genuinely happy song because genuinely I'm not, I'm not that ecstatic every day. You know, it's like, mm. there's only certain things in our lives. I feel like that, that bring us that true, like, you know, moment of joy where we're not being weighed down by like whatever could be going on in our lives. Like, Cause everybody's got to deal with a whole bunch of stuff. It's just, I think life is just, 
solving problems. You know, there's there's one problem you solve it. The happiest people, I think, don't allow the problems to affect their inner emotions, but kind of separate themselves from the problem and look at it and go, okay, like this is what's happening. How do I solve this? Radical acceptance. You know, it's like, you know, there's some bad shit going on. How am I going to accept this? How am I going to move on from it? And how am I going to find the best way to deal with this so that it doesn't affect me on an emotional level? It's taken me a long time. Like, out exterior things used to affect me emotionally. Very, very much so. Hmm. But now it's like the only things that really affect me is like, you know, problems with, with like people's health, like family members' health. Hmm. Uh, if I... If I do something that makes my girlfriend really pissed off at me, <laughs> that, that makes it hard for me to be happy. Yeah. But aside from that, like, like little problems, like, um, I don't know, the, the refrigerator broke, and now mm. all our food's gone bad. Yeah. Petty. Totally. Like, I'll, I'll solve this problem, or, or something else happens, you know, we solve the problem, try to, try to move on. Or the kid did something fucked up. Mm. Now I don't have a kid, but my girlfriend's got little brothers, and mm. uh, she takes care of them. So mm. I also take care of them. It's cute. So there's a 16 year old, and a 23 year old with Down syndrome, mm. and there's a 24 year old. He's a grown man, but he um, he doesn't do too much all the time. Sure. He leaves a lot of dishes out. Mm. <laughs> hey. I was like, do your dishes. <laughs> We're tired of cleaning up after you. <laughs> no, they're all they're all good kids. Totally. I mean, he's not a kid; he's a man, but he's a good man. Yeah, man, that's wild. I'd love to have kids one day, but it's also like terrifying. See, she she doesn't want kids. I'm like, I have a kid, you know. I'm not really terrified because it, it's like it's one of those things. Like you look at the top of the mountain and it freaks you out. Mm. But one step at a time, you know. Yeah. It's like it's a daily thing. Totally. It's scary. But at the same time, it's like almost every problem that we can face as humans, like if you look at the problem as a whole, you're just going to get like, you know, sidetracked or, or overwhelmed. But if you just go, okay, what's step one? Step mm-hmm. one is this. Okay, do that. Step two. Or you know that you're at the top of the mountain, you know? Hell yeah. No, that's, that's something that I've been trying to dig into a little more. I was listening to this podcast of this like Navy SEAL guy who's saying something basically the same exact thing, like dialing, dialing it down to the smallest, like achievable, realistic task. Mm -hmm. And, uh, there was like a couple days ago where I like, I had to get up off the couch and do something. And I, that, that came to mind and I was like, okay, can I get off the couch? And I was like, yes. I was like, okay, get off the couch. And I got, and like, you know, one step at a time, exactly like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's wild. So with the uh, with the music stuff, like when you're when you're creating these tunes, how do you know when something's finished? Mm-hmm. Well, me and my writing partner have two completely different outlooks on the situation. <laughs> I'm like, go with the flow let it be what it's going to be. And he's like, I'm going to like, I'm like, you're driving down the road. You know, here's the, here's the metaphor. You're driving down the road and you know, 
you have this plan and it's raining now. So you, you go with it and you, you, you dance in the rain. His metaphor is, I am going to be God of this project and I'm going to change the rain to the sunshine and I'm going to, I'm going to control the weather and make this be what I want it to be. And it's going to be the best that it, that it can ever possibly be. So like we have two different outlooks. So like for me, like I can be finished with something just because I'm like, you know what? I'm done working on this. So it's done. He's like, I'm a perfectionist. It's not done until it's perfect as perfect can be at this time and stage of my process. Mm. So we kind of meet halfway. Mm. Like eventually I'll be like, okay, this is done. But you know, he's not wrong either because he has a song. He has a couple of songs that he's been working on for four years. Okay. (laughs) Four years. Um, I think like 570 rewrites. God damn. And, when he shows me where it started, where it was in the middle, where it was 75% and where it is now, I'm like, okay, well, this shit is really fucking good now. Mm. And it was really good other times before, but it became something different. So it evolved into something different. And by the time he started at point A to point Z, it became a completely different song, but the song that he has is better than all the versions of the other songs that there was. Hmm. So now obviously I'm not going to take four years to write a track because that's just not what I'm going to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't feel like I have that much time to spend four years on a track. I'm like, totally. I want to be, I want to be able to tour and play while I'm young enough to handle it. You know? Yeah. It's like, not that you can't when you're older, it's just, it's just going to evolve. Like if you're playing metal music, it's a it's a little different. Yeah. Like, I mean, a band like Slayer still plays, but mm. it's it's a whole different thing. It's like you're not gonna, you know, if I'm writing music, which I will be, but like if I'm writing music and putting it out when I'm sixty, it's probably not gonna be metal. <laughs> you know. Sure. It's gonna be it's gonna be something you know a little different, probably yeah. more more folky or like more singer songwriter or m- more pop. Yeah. Like I like pop music, um, not like super cheesy pop music, but I like pop music. And yeah, man. Do you uh, do you listen to Anderson Pack at all? Never heard of him. I'll send you some of the stuff. I think you dig it. It's like poppy, but it's all like real live instruments and like rap and hip hop and shit. I think I, I think you dig it. That's awesome. Yeah, and you'll have to send me some trap stuff. I really haven't I really haven't dug into any of the trap music. It's kind of elusive to me. To me it sounds and this is coming from the perspective of someone who hasn't really dived in, but my first impression is that it just it all sounds very perfect. And like the pristineness of like the rhythm and the pristineness of the words and the rapping, like it's just it it sounds like it lacks a bit of humanity, kind of. I don't know. Yeah, it depends on what you're listening to. Like, there's so many different different versions of it. Like, sure. I mean, you have you have true trap music, which came out of Atlanta, and like, Ti is one of the pioneers of trap music. 
Hmm. And he's like mainstream, you know? And then there's like, there's these, this whole like really shitty trap music going on with these mumble rappers like Lil Pump or some shit like that. Like, like it is yeah. garbage. Like, hmm. like, if you listen to a Lil Pump song, you just want to shoot yourself in the foot. You're like, this is stupid. <laughs> like, this dude wrote seven words and filled up a two minute song with those seven words. Like, hmm. just repeats the same shit. I'm like, this is the dumbest shit. Hmm. So, like, that that's not very good. Like, when it comes to like rap, like, okay, so. I'm more doing rap music over trap style beats. So like trap beats go pretty hard. There's a lot of heavy 808s, really fast, like high hat patterns. And mm. um, like, you know, cool, cool, like minor key melodies. Yeah. There's a lot of that in it. Um, but like, I don't know. I'm trying to think like what would be I don't know, when it comes to like rap music, like like I really like MGK, I really like Eminem, I really like Two Chains, I really like um, I like Wiz Khalifa. He's more mainstream. Hmm. Um, I like some of Little Peeps, the late Little Peeps tracks because he mixes like like emo music, kind of like brand new hmm. with like rap, and it sounds pretty cool. Um, just a whole plethora of just underground underground stuff that's like big so it's like not really underground yeah and it's like that underground style like self-produced everything you know but as a musician i listen to just about everything like fuck yeah listen to elton john yeah man i listen to like the heaviest darkest metal you've ever heard totally i've been uh i've been checking out some like live foo fighter videos on youtube <laughs> recently like while i've been making breakfast or making lunch or whatever and uh foo fighters like they're not they're not my favorite band but they they know how to put on a show man it's really inspiring like watching them just play to like ten thousand people it's crazy yeah it's pretty badass yeah man. This is my telecaster Fuck yeah, dude. We're telly bros. Yeah. Uh, I saw this. I was like looking on the internet. I was like, man, I really want a six string guitar because this is my seven string. Fuck yeah. And it's really good for metal, but I'm not very good at playing it. I hear you. Like, I'm much better at playing a six string guitar. Yeah. Which is a whole different style of playing. But yeah, I see your telly in the back somewhere. I should say yeah, I, I really love my Telecaster. I uh, I've been looking for it for about a year. Oh, nice, the Martin. Yeah, it's oh, my okay. Martin acoustic. I like that guitar. It sounds really good. Yeah, man. I gotta fix it though. One of the um, one of the cables on the um, on the pickup popped off, so I gotta solder it because I can't plug it in my in my interface anymore. Oh, damn. What kind of interface are you rocking? Nothing special. I have a Scarlet, um, just like the, the easy one, the 2i. Um, I had one of those for a while. Yeah. Pretty, yeah pretty super. Good it works, you know. Um, before quarantine, I was like trying to decide if I was going to update my computer, mm -hmm. and I bought a brand new MacBook, and I just hated it. So then I went back to my old MacBook, which is a mid-2012, 
and I put in, uh, like a new SSD and new RAM in it, and it like runs like just as good as the new one that I hated. So um, I need to get uh, I need to get an interface that's compatible with like the older. I think it's uh, Thunderbolt is what they call it, the older shit, because all all the, all the new interfaces aren't compatible with my computer. So yeah, I've just I've been really dragging my feet getting a new interface. Yeah, I just got the Apollo Twin. Yeah, those are great. Here go. Um, I have the late 2013 MacBook Pro. Cool. And I put in um, a 512 gigabyte solid state drive, and yeah, it works. It works real good. Dude, the SSD so good. Yeah. Put like 16 gigs of RAM or whatever it is in it. Mm -hmm. Love it, man. It's really, it's really, really nice. Yeah, dude. Have you been like uh, picking up any new hobbies with quarantine, like cooking or anything like that? I've always been cooking. I cook for okay. the family like every day. Hell yeah! Like, the personal house chef. Nice man. So I cook a lot of stuff. But as far as new hobbies, I've just really put more time into into guitar, really, mm. like piano a little bit. Hell I mix yeah. it up. But I haven't touched piano in probably a week or two now. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's cool. Like on the piano, it's a lot easier for me to know exactly what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Like on the guitar, I can play a lot and do more. Like I could play the guitar and sing and do stuff and write whatever. But like on the on the guitar, it's like a little bit more effort for me to decipher, you know, exactly what key or mode I'm in. Totally. So it's a little different. But, like, I've been learning more on it, so it's a little bit less elusive to me. Cool. Um, but, yes, that's pretty much it. I play Call of Duty a lot at night. Like Warzone or something? Is yeah, I play the it? new Modern Warfare. I haven't been playing the Battle Royale on it. Like, as far as Battle Royale, I, I like Black Ops better. Cool. But, um, yeah, I have, I have some friends from North Carolina that I play with. So six days a week. Hell yeah! So we just go on there and wreck people's days. <laughs> nice, man. Yeah, when 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 Gears was really popular, I used to do like Gears and beers with my buddies. Oh, that's so tight. fun! So fun, man. But yeah, I just got a uh, I just got a PS4 for quarantine, and uh, I'm still playing through the new Final Fantasy VII, which is like pretty nostalgic for me. Played that mm -hmm. as a have you played the last of us i bought that one i've started it but i never finished it yeah that game is like amazing you gotta finish it the story is crazy yeah i like i i've watched a lot of youtube videos about it so i i have a good idea of what happens but i'm 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 stoked to actually play it and then apparently the new one's coming out in june yeah they've been saying that for like four years now i know right yeah, i remember like i remember like three years ago <laughs> They're like, well, it's coming out in September. And I was like, yes, it's coming out. And then, like, it li I literally only bought, like, I, I play Xbox. I'm an Xbox player. I yeah. bought a PlayStation just for that game, and it hasn't yeah. come out yet. <laughs> I literally gave it to my girlfriend's little brother. I was like, you know what? I'm not using this. It's just collecting dust. Like, yeah. It's crazy. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, not too many. I was playing through one of the Uncharted games. Those are really fun. Um, and then on the Switch, I really like Tetris. Like, just, like, easy, feel-good shit. 
Yeah, man. But dude, this has been so fun. Yeah, dude, we gotta write a song. I would really love to. Um, I'm super, super down. You could, uh, you want? Maybe you should start it. You come up with an idea, and then send it to me, and then I'll change it or something, and then send it back. All right. Maybe, maybe let's have a rule where, uh, like, we'll do that. Let's do that like four times, and then we'll finish it. Okay. That'd be fun. Down. You know, you know, uh, you know the band Postal Service. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, they used that. That's kind of like what they did. They'd make stuff and then send it over, and then they change it and send it over. And they wouldn't really like talk about it too much. They just like, just like change it. And how how would they change it? Like if um, I sent you uh, hypothetically a chord progression. Yeah. Would you change that chord progression, or would you add something to it? I don't know. Depends on what it is. Depends on what I'm hearing. But I think I would give myself the option to change it. But if I didn't want to change it and I just wanted to add something to it, then like that would be enough. Because I think I think already it'd be tight to start out with like a a cool like picking pattern thing mm-hmm. that slowly like has some tension, and then it goes to like a shut off point. And then comes in super powerful with some like distorted guitars, and then goes back into like, almost like, like uh, some modest mouse or something. Dope. Yeah. I have something. I have an actual picking pattern that that I came up with that I haven't done anything with yet. So. Fuck yeah. I'll just track that, send it over. Yeah, send it over. You want to sing on it too? Yeah, we'll sing on it for sure. We'll do harmonies and go back and forth. It'll be tight. Yeah, it'd be fun. Be super fun. And yeah, like if I change, like everything is, we could just talk about it. Like nothing's set in stone. Like if I do something that you hate, we could just talk about it. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I know how it goes, man. I don't have any like, I don't have any feelings attached to it anymore. Cool. You know, I'm not like, oh, you know. I look at it more like, okay, if, if this isn't what it is, I'm not going to base my talent off just one thing that I can do. I'm going to try to like do, I'm going to outdo it and try to outdo it, you know. Fuck yeah, man. Hell if they yeah. Want, if they want this, I'll do this. If they want to do that, I'll do that. I can do it. I'll adapt. Yeah. So. Tight, dude. Well, the last question I'll ask you, you've, you've already given a ton of great advice, but if there was like a younger person out there who looked at your life and they were like, damn, I want to do that shit. I want to be like Chris. What advice would you give that person? Takes dedication uh, breaking everything down into, you know, achievable goals, not getting overwhelmed with the ultimate goal and not um, giving up too soon. You only fail when you give up. Like, you, you have to fail many times, but really like what we would, what most people would say that's a failure. It's just, no, that's just learning. Mm. You know, it's like you have to fail to learn. It's like, you don't grab the frying pan you don't know that it's hot but when you when you get burned by it you're like okay this is hot i shouldn't grab this Mm. i would i would stay away from grabbing the frying pan multiple times you know learn your lesson (laughs) the first time move on keep keep taking steps into something else like just keep going doesn't doesn't matter you know we only get one one life that i know of (laughs) so like live it how you want to live it don't get don't take the the shitty life too serious, you know. Like, mm. 
you hate your job, find a new job, or don't look at that job as your ultimate. Yeah. You know, put your time. It's just a stepping stone. Yeah. So whatever it is you're passionate about, photos, videos, something creative, something not creative. You want to be a doctor, you know, eight years of school, but it's like one step at a time and the days go by pretty quick. So mm. before you know it, you'll be a doctor, you'll be whatever. Yeah. It's just whatever you're passionate about, fuel that passion because you can fail at something you hate. So why not succeed at something you love? Yeah. Quoting Jim Carrey. Yeah, it was a good video. It's like, why not? Yeah, do man. it. Yeah. Nike. Nike. Just, Nike. just do fucking it. Fucking do it. Yes! Do it! Dude, what's up with every skateboarder wearing Nike now? Because uh, Nike has some pretty good skate shoes. Dude, it's fucking wild. I like, I like didn't skate since i was like 12 and then i've been skating for maybe like past like eight months or something just having fun like doing some kickflips whatever and i'm like getting back into like skate culture and like what's everybody's up to, what it, what is everybody up to and fucking everyone's wearing nikes it's crazy i don't know it's how it goes it's how it goes i'm a vans user same I dude vans. i got some vans on right now Oh boy! There it is. There it is. Fuck yeah, Chris. We don't uh we don't have to sign off the call just yet, but let's sign off a of podcast land. Alright. Hell yeah. Bye, everybody. Listen, everybody. See you next time. Well, I wanna know what it's like to create inside your mind. Tell me every little thing you do. Raise my empty whiskey glass to the hour that just passed. Cause I'm glad I spent them both with you. Feel free to plug your record, tell the people how to look you up. Feel free to share with us the words of wisdom learned with sweat and but before you leave there's just one thing i've saved right for the end